0: It's time to raise the roof for our seventh off-season podcast. We have a new special guest. Uh, Evan is unfortunately not here. He is going back home uh, for the holidays, going back to North Carolina, so that's going to be fun. So we will hopefully have him on next week um, just because things are getting a little bit crazy. He's leaving Maryland, final season is still going on and crazy as ever. So uh, it's just me, and Gibby, this week, and like I said, our special guest who I'll introduce right now, uh, uh, Taylor Landall. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm Taylor. I am in my second year at the University of Tampa. Uh, I'm a writing major, but I am kind of looking into kind of sports writing and sports media still alongside that. Um, I've only been a fan of the Rays for about a year and a half, going on two years now, but uh, it's been really great.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, any, any Rays fans we will take into the group? Because trust me, I didn't start out a Rays fan, but I ended up getting there. And I know Gibby, I mean, you're kind of the outlier here because you pretty much grew up a Rays fan
2: yeah unfortunately
0: no it's no, not unfortunate what, it, <laughs> I already got into a discussion about people in the discord about how uh uh max said that he was a masochist in the last episode and everyone was like oh they're going to like take that out as a quote but i was like no i mean i mean like you got to be like a little bit cynical to be raised. <laughs> yeah
2: honestly true. honestly it speaking come, but, com- comes with it
0: yeah, it comes with it. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you sign up for what you sign up for. But Taylor, first off, uh, since we talked about this last pod, and obviously you weren't here last pod, uh, we talked about the Nate Lowe trade, and we also talked about the Mike Zunino re-signing. Uh, I just wanted to get your quick thoughts about both of those.
1: I think I'm sad to see Nate Lowe go. I thought that he was a really great addition to the team. I wish he'd gotten more playing time because I thought that he was a talented player. But I think it's probably just for the best since we have so many first basemen right now on the team that it just felt like there wasn't really a spot for him because he obviously played more than just first base, but it was just, there were were so many infielders on the team specifically at first base. It just felt like, you know, he wasn't getting too much playing time. He wasn't getting that spot. So I think overall in the long run, it'll probably be best for him and his career. Um, I know pretty much everybody else in that trade was part of the minors and I don't really know much about any of those players, but, you know, we have the best farm system. So I'm hoping that something really great will come out of that trade anyways. And uh, as for the Zunino deal, I was a little disappointed at first because I was like, okay, so that's just another spot on the lineup offensively that we're kind of getting screwed over with, but he is a great defensive catcher. He definitely knows his pitching staff. He knows what he's doing, which I think is going to be a really big asset this coming season. Um, I'm wondering, I'm kind of hoping that maybe he's going to end up being the backup catcher. We still need another one. We don't, he's our only catcher right now. So I'm hopeful that they'll get a new catcher, but if he's our main guy, then I don't think it's the worst thing either.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I know we kind of had the same thing. I mean, Zunino is what he is offensively but hopefully somehow in the offseason he'll be able to kind of tweak some things and go back to what he was in Seattle because in Seattle he was a very good offensive catcher and he put up good numbers uh, mm-hmm. at least I think it was either 2017 or 2018 he had his best offensive season but I mean he's been shown to to hit the ball um you know uh, obviously hit the ball really far but also consistently um hit well at the plate so we'll see what happens with that and then obviously the Nate Low trade um I you know same, same thing with you. Sucks that he had to go, but I think that the return that we got was very good for who he was. Uh, now, going into the main uh, thing about today, you know, he, crazy Rays news here. Uh, just absolutely blew up the, uh, the free agency market with this one. Uh, the Rays ended up signing free agent pitcher um, uh, Michael Waka from the –
2: uh, Waka 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 Wacca, That's going to be yeah. a whole chant. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's just gonna be like a Pac-Man. <laughs>
2: exactly. It's gonna be
0: it's it's gonna be a giant Pac-Man gift, just just going that over mean. the uh, <laughs> just like giant Pac-Man gift, just like going oh uh on the. They're score.
2: just signing players for for memes now.
0: It's yeah, I think now. you know They're honestly that's okay. Yeah, that's hey, alright. Hey, it's okay. Hey, Yoshi's yo Yoshi's great. We love Yoshi. He is. I. It's just he needs to hit more, but that's another story. But uh yeah, so Waka. Yeah. They, they signed him for $3 million. Uh, obviously, on the Mets last year, he had a 6-6 six, six ERA. Uh, didn't – I mean, he gave up nine home runs in 34 innings. Again, really, really small sample size. But some of the things that just, – just looking at the deal overall, uh, there were some positive things to take out of the actual signing itself. Uh, just looking on – quickly on, on MLB trade rumors here, uh, his, his swinging strike rate was second best um, uh, in his career – his um, chase rate on uh, pitches outside the strike zone was uh, far and away a career best for him. Uh, his strikeout to walk ratio was really good. It was nearly um, trying to think. It was nearly six to one, which is which is very good. But again, it's those it's those home runs that really tipped it. So um, I don't know for either of you. I guess starting with Gibby, uh, how uh, how did you feel about this deal? And do do you think that it's going to pay off for them in the long run?
2: Um, well, I really hope it will. Rays have a really good track record record, I think like the Dodgers of getting pitchers back up to where they were in earlier in their career or like making making a pitcher who's kinda having had a down year and then like turning them around next year. I'm really excited for for him to get in with uh Kyle Snyder and them kinda like work out like what's been wrong and, you know, hopefully he can improve on some things, you know, like Tyler Glass now wasn't wasn't much before he came here and then Ray's really molded him to the pitcher he is today so i'm I'm really excited to see him see how he does with our staff and if he can have a another good career year
0: and uh taylor um uh when you when you heard about this what were your feelings
1: i honestly didn't know who he was until today to be told I, that's that.
0: understandable he, he he kind of fell off the map for a little bit i i didn't either so it's okay.
1: <laughs> I asked my parents, I was like, do you guys know who this is? I think my dad knew. My mom was just like, who the hell is that? (laughs) But kind of like you were saying, they do have, the Rays have a great reputation with their pitchers, like getting them into a better spot. And I already saw, I think Kyle Snyder had a comment about it earlier where he already said he liked the numbers. He likes how it's looking. He thinks that he can get him to a really good spot with the Rays. So I'm kind of hopeful that that's going to pay off because, I mean, we have one of the best, if not the best pitching staff, in the league, and I just have a lot of faith in them to, you know, turn it around.
2: Very
0: true. See, when I saw that, so I mean, Waka hasn't been the same pitcher that he was since he left the Cardinals, but also on the Cardinals, he was inconsistent too. I know his best season, I think, was either 2015, I think 2013, he had a good year, 2017. Maybe it's just the odd numbered years that he's good. So maybe 2021 will be great. Um, but yeah, no, last, I mean, last year, this year was a really, really small sample size. Um, but regardless of that, I mean, he's got plus pitches uh it, it showed last year that, you know, you know, last year, meaning 2020, that he was able to um, at least locate really well, get a high chase rate um, on his pitches, especially out of the zone. And I think the most important thing here is, is that we're not looking for him to fill. I, I think a lot of people possibly thought that he was going to fill the role. Uh, that Charlie Morton left the void that he left on that on, on in that rotation, and honestly, with the arms that the Rays have currently, and with Chirinos coming back in 2021, they already have a a, a starting like 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 a, a starting five rotation. I mean, uh, Snell Glass now Yarborough, Chirinos, and then they'll probably throw McKay in there, and maybe Wackel will compete with McKay or Chirinos for like four or five, but he's definitely not anywhere above a four or five. Um, and I, I feel like he might fit into kind of that spot that Yarborough was when the opener started, where he basically came in as a quote unquote long reliever, but was actually basically a starter. Just he started in like the second or third inning, regardless of whatever uh whatever it was. And I think that he can actually really turn himself around. I mean I mean, like like both of you said, Tampa's a great place for players to kind of turn their careers around. I know Jeff Passon said something really funny today where I think he said like 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 guys go to the Rays and huff pixie dust and then turn into absolute studs or something like that, which we don't condone that. Don't do it. But also in the metaphor in that circumstance, that is 100% true because the Rays have turned around some players that have had not great careers and turned them into um, at least good enough players to get big contracts or bigger contracts after the season. So I think honestly, I think it's a – right now it's like high risk, high reward Um in a way, but it also could be low risk too because they only paid him three mil.
2: Yeah, I mean that could be considered high risk, I guess, for the Rays, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, in three terms mil's of a lot. our payroll.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, what do we pay a at, like seven hundred fifty-two thousand right now? No he's clue. on like a,
0: he's getting paid. He's I mean, real, he's on his rookie deal, right? right?
2: Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think you know the Rays when they when when players come here, they eat a very well balanced breakfast. That's not a steroid joke. They is. They've come better.
0: Yeah, that's true. Taylor, do you have any uh, last thoughts?
1: I'm just really hopeful that this is going to work out. I was surprised a little bit that they spent $3 million on him, but I guess for someone who's played this long, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, I'm just hopeful that it's going to work out. I guess just something kind of related to pitching, not necessarily Waka. I heard earlier, I think Juan Turibio might have been the one to tweet it out, that the Rays were looking into bringing Ryan Stanek back.
0: It was – I think it was – I think it was uh-huh. Topkin, but I'm sure that Toribio probably put it out too.
1: Yeah, which I liked him when I was when he was on the team. Just I I don't know, just the whole opener thing. Just I love that.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: so, yeah, no. are fun.
0: yeah. I I I actually that's a good thing to kind of segue into um, talking about Stanic. Would 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 either of you want him back um, as it stands uh, right now? I mean, uh, I mean, basically it would be funny because what we gave up for him uh or, or like what we got back in return for him and then and then re-signing him two years later is actually really funny
2: I hear I heard the same thing might happen with um well I heard a rumor about about the Rays were interested in Chris Archer again and I, I thought that would be funny so all these um all, all these uh I guess comebacks that were that we're hearing rumors about it'd be fun to see I'd like to see Stanek back um for the right price of course but um mm-hmm. I don't want to give up too much for him, but it would be nice to see him back. He was a good asset to our team, I think, when he was here.
1: Yeah, I was pretty disappointed when he left. So, I'm just – I think kind of the same thing. It would just be fun to see kind of a familiar face, get someone who was pretty important and pretty good with the bullpen to come back.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I just think it's funny because, I mean, Nick Anderson turned into just literally one of the best relievers in baseball in the last two years. Disregard like, – like, we're not talking about playoff – Nick Anderson in 2020, we're just, like, leaving that off the books. But regular season Nick Anderson, and even postseason Nick Anderson in 2019 was, I mean, has been amazing. And the fact that we got him for Stanek, he, you know, Stanick was good with the Rays, but I wouldn't say he was anywhere close to where Anderson was. But, I mean, to get that back in return is amazing.
2: Yeah, I think, I think this Waka deal kind of proves that a lot of pitchers are willing to give up, up some of their salary be on a good team and a good bullpen that's a World Series com- competitors. So I think I think that's going to work out for us more as as we, s- we keep on winning, you know. Hopefully, mm. um, and we just build around our team and our bullpen more. It's going to attract a lot more people to our um, to games, our team. Yeah,
0: <laughs> to games and to the team. Uh, quickly for for both of you, uh, starting with Taylor, would you want Chris Archer back?
1: I don't know. I wasn't a fan when he was part of the team, so I haven't seen much of him. I just have pretty much heard that he kind of fell, not really fell apart, but he just wasn't as good with the Pirates as he was with the Rays. But kind of like we were saying before, the Rays still had that consistency to make pictures good again. So I really don't know.
2: I also Maybe. think the Pirates are just, are just awful. In yeah, general. that's true. <laughs> pretty awful <laughs> organization. Um, so, you know, I, I can't really judge Chris Archer on what he's done at uh in Pittsburgh. So, if if we were to get him back, you know, he kind of had he kind of had some attitude problems sometimes with our team. Um maybe he'll build up his repertoire again if he does come back and like I don't know, get signed to another team. Maybe we'll get more trade bait for him. If if we get another deal, let's say we bring him back. This is just this is no, just a hot no. take. This is a this is a hot take right here. This but let's like say we bring him back hot. and then we trade him away again and we get some <laughs> other stud like Tyler Glass now and then Oh my god, dude. And then Chris Archer funny. just falls off the face of the planet again.
0: I think after people saw the first deal, they're never going to try to make like Archer <laughs> the stud again. There's no way that they're going to be like, "Oh yeah, let's trade for Chris Archer. It's going to work out great for us after what happened with the Pirates."
1: I feel like everybody who's trading with the Rays is just always so tentative when they're looking at the deals. They're like, okay, what exactly is going to happen to us here? Like, how are we going to get
0: this? (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) It's like, okay, we'll either break even or we'll lose. But, like, we might win, but probably not. You know, most of the time it's probably going to be we're going to lose. But, you know, it's fine.
2: It's it's dangerous. It's definitely dangerous.
0: (laughs) It's a a dangerous game trading with (laughs) the Rays.
2: It's (laughs) powerful.
0: I, I mean, I it is. I think I forget when we talked about this, but I mean, honestly, it's. I think the fact that Neander has so much power, I think that kind of you know lends lends that to uh, to his ability to actually trade and and bargain with people and get such good returns. Um, so so it's good in that aspect. So uh, I guess for me with Archer, I don't want him back. Like like I'm not trying to be mean. Like Chris, you were great with the Rays. I mean, I mean, great is kind of like I just. I, I think that, well, first off, you know, maybe maybe the return is kind of a way, way overblown from where it should have been because, you know, I, I think that the Pirates probably overvalued him at that point. But I mean, when he was on the Rays, there wasn't any season to me that really stood out as like, oh my God, he's insane. He had some, I would say, very good years but I wouldn't say great years like I think that there's a distinction between very good and great and I think that he was very good but I never thought that he was great I I would say that he was at his peak he was probably between I would say as high as like 10 to 15 best pitchers in baseball probably closer to like 15 to 20 but I mean he was never like elite elite I, I just don't think that he ever reached that mark and also going back to what Gibby said about the attitude problems, I, I put something on the, on the Twitter account where he got into a beat or he said a bunch of crap after the uh, – I think it was before the 2019 season started. He said a bunch of crap about the Rays and about uh, – and you, just like low blows at the fan base and them not showing up to games and the like. And then the mayor of St. Petersburg, Rick Kreisman, said well it didn't help the one (laughs) you lost 19 games and then Archer like I mean it's 100% true again Archer didn't have that that (laughs) could have run support that year but like if you lose 19 games that means that part of that is your fault because you weren't pitching well it's you know like, you you know, the offense can only do so much, but if you continue to give up so many runs, then you're not going to win games. And, like, I, I definitely feel like there's some bad beef that it, that just kind of exists between him and some people, because I think he – Yeah, like,
2: he, yeah, he, like I, I said, it's really <laughs> improbable. It's really improbable, and it's, I, I, I actually remember that now. Um, yeah. So no. it's, not, it's not a good look to get roasted by the mayor either, so. No,
0: it's not a good look at all. It's not a good look at all. I mean, it was very impressive by him, but – Yeah, no, I I don't know. It just – I mean, maybe.
1: I almost wonder if he came back, would he still fit in with kind of the culture that the team has because they're just these – they've got this high energy, especially like Brett Phillips with the energy that he brings to the team and just like how close these guys kind of seem to be with each other. I wonder if he would even still blend well with them or if his attitude problems would just –
0: I mean, he had a lot of high energy though. He had a lot of high energy, but I don't know if – like. That's weird because his energy might not match the team's energy, which is yeah, something that I don't think that people yeah. would have said a while ago.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I mean because they – I don't know. That's one reason why I love the Rays. They have a unique energy to them that yeah. most other teams just don't seem to have. So I don't know if he would really blend well with that energy anymore.
0: That's – honestly, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, the Rays just have vibes going on right now. Yeah. It's just the team just gels well. That would be really interesting. Chris, Chris Archer, the guy who's crazy energetic, does not fit the energy of the Rays, which would be, and the team that he basically was like a team leader for a couple of years, that is, that would be wild. That would be wild to think about. But honestly, very, very probable. Very probable. (laughs) A lot more probable than you think. I was thinking, I don't know if you want to do like a Christmas wish list type thing about get, I mean, pitchers that are available in the market right now. I know that, I mean, they just got Waka. I know that there's some other names that are out there. I don't know if there's any one specific that Yeah, either of Bauer's you have. next.
2: Bowers next. <laughs> Bowers <is> next. <laughs> okay. That's well, why I love the offseason. We can just talk about – we could talk about anything. Anything. Well, it's great.
0: Well, Taylor, would you want to see him on the Rays?
1: I think it might be interesting to see him on the Rays. I'm not really one way or another on it. I feel like he could be a really good asset because he's a great pitcher. I don't know. As long as – if he blended well with the team and he didn't cause problems – like with cash or anybody like that, or even just on social media, then I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it if he was going to be as good of an asset as everyone thinks he will be.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, know, it'd be interesting. It'd be really, really interesting. Here, I'm going to throw out some names for both of you, just some free agent pitchers that are available on the market for the, um, that the Rays could pick up. Uh, former Ray, Jake Odorizzi. We have Masahiro Tanaka from the Yankees. James Paxton, also from the Yankees. Jose Quintana, Rick Porcello. Oh Archer is on the is he is a free agent.
2: <laughs> you know who I like on that list though. Who? No. Masahiro Tanaka. Ooh. First off, Susugo and Masahiro Tanaka went to the same high school in Japan. Wait, is that an actual and thing? I, th- I think I think they both competed in the Koshien tournament, which I'm just no. a huge fan huge fan of. And
0: that's so
2: sick. Other than other than the fact that he beamed um Joey Wendell that one game, I I love to see him on our team, you know. I I love I love um that's a that's a big part of why the, like the Rays they have such a national um, players from all over the world really yeah yeah Dominican Republic Cuba um, Japan Korea it's just it's a great it, I think it's I I would love to get Masiro Tanaka but that's probably unrealistic too but we'll see
1: yeah
2: anything's possible
1: he's probably pretty expensive but I'm not actually sure <laughs> I mean he's thirty two willing right now? to go yeah he might he be. be. Would they be willing to go for Tanaka after not bringing back Morton, is my question?
0: That's a good That's a good question. If um, they give him, I don't know. I mean, see. it depends on if how they, much they would give
2: if, him. Yeah. Yeah. If they had, had like, a little, I think, I'd say if they got him for a little bit cheaper than what Morton was, or, like, at 10 mil instead of, like, 15 mil, yeah. I think that could work. But we'll see. Really interesting. I'm looking at Tanaka's contracts, and it's, like, 23 mil. Oh every my year god! He's he's not worth that year. Much money. <laughs> <laughs> every year he's played at the Yankees, so Jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: not worth that much. I so here, I'll throw out to Rizzi. Is that a name that you would consider them bringing back at the right price?
2: Why not? There's so there's so many places that they could go. You know that the Rays could go. I'm not. I'm not really sure about his specific how he's been recently, but
0: he didn't have a good you know, year in loved- 2020. He didn't actually yeah. touch that much in 2020, but in 2019 he was 15 and seven with a 3.51 ERA. I mean, with the Rays he had a 3.35 one year, 3.69, 4.14. Like he's been consistent. His career ERA is a 3.92. He has experience with the team. I just don't know if they would want to bring him back on a deal.
1: Yeah, I don't know much about him to really make much of a comment, but from the stats that you put out there, like you said, he sounds consistent. He sounds like I mean, he's been with the Rays, so he knows you know what the team is like I think he would probably be good if he came back I wouldn't be opposed to it or anything but I did find last year I guess it was he accepted a one-year 17.8 million dollar offer would he be worth that much
0: <laughs> oh, I don't think he's worth that much I think in 2021 I think he would probably be a guy that would get eight or nine just just realistically based on what he did in 2020 um yeah. but I mean that's just me
1: I think also because teams aren't they're trying not to spend so much money after the pandemic this year. Just I'm wondering, I mean, I feel like that's just affecting a lot of, I mean, we're already a small market team that doesn't spend much money in general. But I almost wonder, you know, how much is that going to affect even the other teams, like the big market teams? Like, you know, those teams probably wouldn't pay him that much right now With on top of the pandemic plus how the mm-hmm. stats look. But that's, I think it kind of goes back to, I just, since I'm up in Jersey, all I hear about is Yankees news and the whole thing with DJ LeMayu and not paying him the $25 million or whatever it is. I'm just wondering if all these teams are being stingy now. I think
2: what I've heard is that there's like basically four teams that are w- willing to spend money, and then all those middle ground teams that we've been seeing that kind of spend in like kind of like one sixty mil a year, one two hundred mil a year that, that that kind of range has kind of gone out the window. So a lot of, a lot of teams kind of see the race success, and they kind of and 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 they're wanting to play that money ball now. So it's going to be interesting to see just how this free agent market works out for us, I think there's going to be, I really think the, the Rays need one really solid bet. And if they can get it at the catcher position, I think that'll be the big move of our off season. Do I think they're going to sign much more pitchers? I don't think so. I think we got a good rotation now. Now that we've signed uh, Waka, it seems, like, it seems like they're not going to go too much more balls to the walls on, on pitching. But I think they'll get like, I think the big the big move is going to be either a big bat at a catcher position or a big bat at a different position.
1: I feel like they just have so many pitchers on their team right now that that's not their main thing. I just feel like they need – I mean, they only have Mike Zunino right now, so they just need to fill that extra catcher position, whether that's the main catcher or the backup. It depends on who they get probably. But I think by signing Waka now, that's like all 40 spots in the roster are filled. That might be wrong. Um, but I could see some big trade coming to get this catcher with a big bat, hopefully, or just yeah. something with a big
0: bat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I think that Contreras is the one name that that a lot of race fans really want. Yeah. And it would be great if we could get him, but again, it would have to be at the right price. In the one group chat that I'm in on Twitter, there was actually some news and people were talking about some things regarding Sonny Gray and, and Luis Castillo, two starting pitchers from the Reds. Both of those guys are really good. Would it be a good idea to try to get
2: either of them? Mm. I mean, if you take if you take one of the four or fives, I mean, if you put Luis Castillo on our team or Sonny Gray on our team, they're going to be a three or a two, not, mm. not probably not a two, probably a three. And that, that, that Castillo, uh, I think,
0: would be a two. Castillo's Castillo, really good.
2: Yeah, he is really good. So I mean, he struck. I was playing MLB the show today, and he struck me out like three times. So. <laughs> I, I can attest, he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> like Both would,
0: virtual uh, and real
2: life, uh, Luis Castillo is really good. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, but like I said, I think the pitching is great where it is. Would I like to see more starting pitchers and like a and like a cool and like a really good all-star kind of signing on the pitching staff? I mean, I would like to see that, sure. But what I think everyone wants. It's just that catching position really filled. I feel like that's that's one of the main uh, one of the main uh, gripes that the Rays fan base has right now. So yeah.
1: Thing that rates fans just really know that they want, yeah. Um, we got a pitcher, but everyone's like, We need a catcher. Well,
0: well, I'm glad that we do have our priorities straight. I hope that Stu and, and, and Eric have the same thing. Uh, I wanted to get into before talking a little bit more about you, Taylor. There was something that happened today, a couple things that came out that kind of made me start thinking about where do the Rays sit in the dichotomy that is the Tampa Bay area. So that's Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg. There was something that came out, there was a tweet that came out um, from the Tampa police department. And for those that don't know, I'm sure that you probably know the Yankees have their spring training complex in Tampa, right across the street from, <clears> stadium, <throat> uh, which, which, which Gibby says is an eye store going by. And I'm not going to lie. It is an eye store when you when you go buy it but there was basically they tweeted out a picture of a car with its trunk open and there were a bunch of sling backpacks pinstripe yankees sling backpacks that the yankees had sent down from new york or i I don't know i I would assume down from new york in order for the police department to give out to just the you know the local community kids in the local community for the holidays uh and that that coupled on top of espn putting out its Sunday night baseball lineup initially, or at least the games that it announced so far. And the Rays not having any one of those games, the Phillies having three of those games, the Yankees having, or sorry, the Red Sox having two of those games. Again, both of those games are against the Yankees, but still the Red Sox on TV as terrible as they were twice or two times as of right now, two times more than the Rays. Also the weird one is the Dodgers, the World Series champions who probably have the most exciting team in baseball right now are only on appear on that list once, which is just shocking in itself. But I was curious as to both of your opinions about this. Where do the Rays stand in Tampa? Because obviously if the Yankees are sending care packages to, 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 to the Tampa police department and they're getting all excited about this, then clearly as of, even though the Rays have been in the area for 20 years, the Yankees still have the upper hand.
2: Yeah. I would say that, you know, like every time I go to a Yankees Rays game, It's always filled with Yankees fans, and it's the worst thing. It's Tampa's like. There's a lot of Yankees fans just here. I feel like, in a way, Tampa's kind of the New York of Florida. I guess you could say Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that big populous area, along with Pinellas, and that's that whole area. So it makes sense because Steinbrenner, you know, the the previous owner um, Steinbrenner of previous owner of the of the Yankees. Had always had a really good uh, relationship with Tampa, and kind of always donated to that area. You know, he has a high school here named after him. That's a eyesore too. too. Um, but yeah, I think the Rays just need—they really need to make a splash more in the Tampa market because I feel like it's—it's re- it's really like we're called the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's kind of that's kind of all of our sports teams have kind of done. They've kind of put the Tampa Bay. Um, kind of signature on it, so it could, so it gets all the people from Pinellas and Tampa. But when, but when the teams in St. Pete and you say Tampa Bay, it's kind of like on the out, outreaches of that area, so it doesn't really get the, uh, the whole effect. It's kind of like what the Buccaneers get, you know, having mm-hmm. the Tampa location. They're kind of more centralized to more the, to most people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of easier to get there from St. It's a lot easier to get from St. Pete to Raymond James than it is to get from Tampa to the Trop. I, I, that's what I'll say. So yeah. there's just a lot of geography and a lot of politics that go into this kind of complex relationship that Tampa and the Yankees have. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of unfortunate that we're almost almost a second second fiddle to the Yankees in our own area, yeah. but not, not quite. There's definitely more race fans once we get filled up, you know. Yeah. Once when, once they're excited. Yeah. Uh,
0: Taylor, no, t- well, Taylor, you're you're in an interesting position as someone who goes to the University of Tampa, but also lives uh, is from, you know, an area where Yankees fans thrive. So you kind of have, you know, an interesting situation there. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know if you you know what you've seen at at Tampa, but, uh, you know, what like like, you know, how would you kind of assess the situation from your point of view?
1: Yeah, it's definitely weird going back and forth between Tampa and New Jersey, especially like, this is such a stupid little thing, but even like department stores, I get so used to seeing the Rays down south, and then suddenly I'm here, I'm like, oh shoot, people really don't know who the Rays are around here. Um, Like, I remember uh, when I was in high school, I was talking to a couple kids, like a couple guys, shortly after I went, and I kind of got into being a Rays fan, it was my two friends and our history teacher, and I said something about being a Rays fan my history teacher just started laughing. He's like, I have never met a Rays fan in my life. They don't have fans. I was like, well, <laughs> everyone, thanks. <laughs> I don't know if you guys had Schoology or Google Classroom or what you guys had in high school, if you were on any of those things, but like we had this thing, Schoology, where the teachers would post all of our grades and announcements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Every couple of weeks, my teacher would make like, well, he would post a picture of the Yankees and say like, we're back in the Bronx tonight or something. So it's kinda of obvious <laughs> because are a Yankees fan. Yeah, those
2: Yankees fans. <laughs> but
1: yeah, I'm it is definitely a weird position because I have so many friends both here and down south who are just like, No, the Yankees suck. I mean not the Yankees, the Rays suck. We hate the Rays, we're all Yankee fans. How could you? Like my dad's family friend or our family friend, he told my parents to disown me when he found out that I was a Rays fan. He's like, How could you? You are all Yankees fans, but In terms of where they are in the Tampa area, it's just very weird because, like, people always say, like, oh, Tampa's not a sports city, but we have the Lightning right there. And everybody in Tampa loves the Lightning. You get that all the time. People like the Buccaneers. It's definitely the location that kills the Rays where they are. You know, being in St. Pete, people just can't get there. And having the Yankees right next to Raymond James Stadium and then all the snowbirds from up north going down all the time and being there. To see the Yankees, it definitely doesn't help the Rays situation. That's the first game I went to. It was Rays against the Red Sox, and there were still probably more Red Sox fans there than there were Rays fans. So it's just kind of the same thing that like the Rays almost haven't found their footing, even though it is kind of their territory. Especially with Stu wanting to put the team like split the team to Montreal, it's almost like the Rays are just kind of aimless with where they're gonna be. Because first there was an Ebor deal, then that kind of fell through. You know they talked about putting it in Tampa. That would have been awesome. Better. Let's go to Montreal. So it's just kind of all over the place, and I think also just like in terms of how much spirit there is around like downtown Tampa, there are banners for the Lightning everywhere. But you have to get to like certain parts of Saint Pete to see any sort of banners or appreciation for the race. That's true. So it's just kind of frustrating when teams like the Yankees swoop and are like, "Look at all this nice stuff that we're giving to the Tampa community. Stay in New York. This isn't. You have your spring training here. Stay." stay kind of where you guys are <laughs> that's yeah. just, it's a little frustrating
0: <laughs> yeah it i mean i agree with both of you i mean again so i i mean i kind of know the tampa area but that's really from an outsider's perspective i mean i've been down to florida a bunch and i've i mean i've been to a few games of the chop i've you know i frequented the area um uh, a lot um uh, just over my time just going on vacation down to florida and i'm being in clearwater and saint pete and and tampa and uh, I agree with both of you, um, especially what you were talking about Taylor with the Lightning. The Lightning are the best supported team in Tampa. Not the mm-hmm. Buccaneers, not the Rays, not the Rowdies, not whatever other team. Not even the Yankees. The Lightning are the most popular team in Tampa. Yeah, even 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 with Brady, even with Brady, they are easily it's, it's true they are easily the most popular team, which is insane because it's a hockey team in the middle of Florida that has one of the most passionate fan bases, which still blows my mind. But I mean, I give them all the credit in the world because the lightning have such a great fan base. And I have a bunch of uh, friends of mine that are lightning fans, even people that aren't from the area and don't, I, I don't know if they even have family in the area, but they're lightning fans. And it's, it's just great to see just like how much people have really started to support them or like have been continuing to support them. But man, the Rays just, it's so weird with the Yankees being there. I, I think that – I mean, that kills it so much, the fact that the Yankees are literally right next to Raymond James and that and that stadium is there and they have their spring training there. And there's a lot of uh, older generations of people because obviously like Florida is considered like a retirement state if you want to even consider it that. And, you know, a lot of people then settle down here like from the north, they'll come down here. They'll have families. They'll raise their kids as fans of those teams. And it's not just the Yankees. It's it's there's Mets fans. There's Phillies fans. There's Red Sox fans. Te- you know, anyone from a northern state will come down to Florida and they'll raise their kids as that specific team. And it it sucks for the Rays because they can't continue to build. I mean, they I feel like they are and they're getting to that point, but it's taking them I think a lot longer than other places like if we're comparing places for example when you compare the rays to what the diamondbacks are doing literally there was no pro- professional baseball team in Arizona other than uh, all of the major league teams that had spring training there but other than that there was no team it was like when the diamondbacks came in in 98 they were the only team so that means they had instant support and that is that is extremely crucial when you're building a foundation for a fan base and it's so tough in tampa to do that same thing and Again, I mean, the location of the stadium is a huge problem. There was no way that the Ebor deal was going to happen with the stadium that they built because they put a nearly $900 million price tag on it. And there was no way that the region was never going to say yes to the deal. Now, if it was a couple hundred million dollars less, then maybe they agree to it or maybe they consider it more and they say, okay, make these modifications, cut down the cost a little bit, and then we'll and, and then we'll say, here's what we're going to do in terms of a split. But they weren't going to pay for it fully. If they put it somewhere in Tampa, regardless of where it is, if they put it close to the Channel Side District, where where Amali Arena is, I mean, the Raptors are gonna play down there now. And the Raptors are probably gonna get a like better support from people just because of the fact that they're playing at Amali. And the Raptors are from Toronto. Like, they're not in Tampa, they're from Toronto. Yet people are gonna come to those games, they're gonna be excited because they've never had a basketball team there. So they're gonna adopt the hell out of the Raptors for one season. More than I know I, think, I am. Yeah. <laughs> It's a point, you know, there example example number one example a right there figure a uh, about that but i mean even when the race went to the world series it was i feel like it was st pete that really adopted that more like like they had showings at the st pete beach and at the st pete pier um of games and i don't know if tampa lashed onto them i think they are but they're not and Once you actually build the stadium in Tampa proper, instead of building it across the bay and having people go over that bridge that takes way too long during rush hour to get over, then it's a different story. But right now it's not like that.
1: Yeah. I think the watch party thing, Tampa did try and kind of get on that bandwagon. If you uh, went down by the convention center, they had like a little thing set up yeah, there were people there, but it wasn't really a huge. It thing. wasn't
2: like, like it wasn't like when the lightning did it. Like no, that was that insane. that was crazy. That was I went to I went to one of those and it was packed to the brim in like the height of coronavirus, and I was like, yeah. oh, this is this is weird. I haven't seen this many people in so long.
1: Parade. <laughs> um, I was sitting on the uh, UT side of it, and there were just hundreds and hundreds of people, and I was like, holy
2: exactly i think the lightning just do such a better job at just marketing their team because it's well, just the it's, the, it's the location. cool it's yeah perfect location and it's just a cool thing to do like yeah. even in high school i would just hear people just con- i wasn't really that big of a hockey fan before mm-hmm. i like got to high school and just people just constantly talk talking about how they want it like it's like the cool thing to do let's go to a Lightning game yeah. let's let's have some fun that's not the thing to do with the rays you know
1: it's like a big thing. it's just yeah, we could we could get fifteen dollar tickets. That was the other thing. You could get such a college crowd because the tickets were so cheap. So.
2: Exactly.
0: Is that it? Is that? But do they have the same thing at Rays games or no?
2: Yeah, they have. I'm sure, they have cheap tickets, but it's just not. It's like well, it's, well I mean, is it's like student discount stuff.
1: No, there were like certain days that they would be like, okay, the the UT is coming.
2: Yeah, there's like a USF day. There's like a FSU uh, day. Well, that's, it's pretty cool. It's actually pretty cool. they they they, they give out hats that are the that are raised, but they're the college team's color.
0: Okay, yeah. that's cool. That's, oh, that's kind of like what the Nationals do. But I was just wondering, like, if they had because I know I don't know if the Nats do it, but I know that the Orioles do it, where like every Friday of the season they have like a student night. So like, if you show your student ID, then they'll give you. Uh, I think it used to be seven dollars. Now it's ten dollar tickets.
1: Yeah, no, they do that with the Lightning. It's like a student ticket raffle as long as there are tickets available. It's technically standing room only, but after the first period. You, you can tell who's sitting and who's not, so you can just go and kind of sweep into a seat. But uh, the lightning also did like a UT day, and it was five dollars to go. So Jeez. students could go for five bucks. That's such all- a good the- idea. The light- I went to the lightning for five dollars on a Friday night. The next day, my parents took me to the Rays, and the day after, I was the day after was like the UT Rays day. But because I had literally just gone, we went to the uh, Buccaneers Giants game. So
2: wow, was- that's what a what. <laughs> weekend i would love that i i, I hate coronavirus we get, we gotta get back to that yeah. <laughs> what's what's crazy to me is that i went to before before it closed i went to an xfl game and in that time since i went to the xfl game xfl has folded been bought back <laughs> and
0: <laughs> dude i went to the first ever like me and a, a couple of my friends went to that first xfl 2.0 yeah, yeah. we went to the first yeah. ever game it was D.C. Defenders versus Seattle Dragons. Oh, my God. It was awesome. And, I went
2: to the first Vipers game. I think.
0: That's yeah, cool. So. Did you go to any XFL games, Taylor?
1: I did not. My school had some... trip, but I forget why I didn't go. My first football game ever was that Buccaneers-Giants game. Really? Yeah, my name was not a
2: Wait, was it the one Daniel Jones came back and beat the Bucks?
1: Yeah, like last year. Oh,
2: that, that was the worst game ever. <laughs> oh, man.
1: The buzzer went off and nobody could tell what happened. And I was the only one who real like I wasn't the only one, but I was like the only one in our general vicinity who realized, oh my god, the Giants just won this thing! Like I started cheering. My dad's like, "What are you doing?" The Bucks just won. He's a hardcore Giants fan. He was like, "What?" The the Bucks just won. I was like, "No, they didn't." Uh, I was yeah. like, "Go back and look. It was yeah,
2: crazy. Danny Danny Dimes. What a Danny Dimes.
1: Everything. <laughs> was it was a good game for your first game.
0: I mean, that sounds like a very good game for a first game. The Rays, you know, they'll find ways. Hopefully they'll find something more permanent and do things well with the fan base moving forward. But Taylor, so we already started talking about some things with you. So getting more into specifics, you're very new into the Rays community, the Rays family. What attracted you to this team?
1: It's kind of a weird story. So, uh, I was with, I graduated with the class of 2019 from high school, so obviously decision day is May 1st, and you have to kind of figure everything out for colleges by then, mm-hmm. and uh, I hadn't decided where I was going yet. By the time spring break and April rolled around, I still did not know where I was going. I was still kind of looking at my last four or five schools that I was still deciding between. I just did not know what to do. I'm so bad at decisions that I really did not know what to do. <laughs>
0: No worries.
1: So for, <laughs> you know, for spring break, we came down. We stayed in Indian Shores. We looked at the school one more time. And my mom was like, the Rays are in town. The Red Sox are here. You know, why don't we go to a game? I was like, sure. And I remember my first question was, wait, what sport are the Rays? Like, I had no idea. Oh, I was no. like, who are these people?
0: <laughs> Thank God things have changed for the better. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: was like, I asked her like four times. I was like, you said they're baseball? She's like, yes, they're baseball. They would play the Yankees. I was like, okay, got it. So I played softball at the time that this was all happening too. So there was kind of that interest there, but it was almost just like when I got there, when I got there, I was more interested in the stingrays in the outfield for the first 10, 15 minutes. I can't lie about that. Um, and it's very weird. I saw Kevin Kiermaier kind of like dancing around center field. And I just thought it was like the funniest thing ever. He was still stretching, but it looked like he was dancing and it reminded me so much of somebody on my team that I was just like kind of invest. I just thought it was funny. But I didn't really get caught up in the game until there was like almost a fan interference kind of call. Okay. And then I started like getting more heated. I was like, wait, no, this is wrong. It's a fan interference. It's this. And coming from a family that both my parents were huge Yankee fans. And when I was really little, like seven years old, I liked the Yankees. So it was pretty easy to root against the Red Sox. Um, but just as the game kind of picked up, I started learning who more of the players were kind of got back more into the swing of what baseball was like and I realized that I liked cheering for this team I wasn't just cheering for them because ooh boo Red Sox like I was just like no I I like these guys I like what they're doing and I just kind of kept finding myself checking the score every day like I couldn't watch it back home because unless it's on national tv or I get MLB tv I can't see any of the Rays games up north which really sucks but uh so I would just keep checking the score, checking the players, seeing what's going on. And I just found myself getting more and more invested in it and able to talk to my parents more about it and connect with it. So I don't know, just as everything kept going, I just kept finding myself more and more invested in what this team was doing until maybe like two weeks after I was just like full-blown fan, knew who all the players were, knew what was going on, wanted to watch the games but couldn't. So I don't know. It just was sort of this weird gradual thing that I connected with the team at the game, and then it just kind of kept going.
0: It's pretty dope. I, I will say, um, MLB streams on Reddit is a fabulous thing if you want to go watch some, some games. Um, uh, uh, we don't... I just
2: like watching the chat at that point.
0: <laughs> we don't yeah. condone that because technically (laughs) it's illegal but like also we're not saying don't do it gotcha because you know you know we we want to make sure people watch sun sports as much as possible for those Mm -hmm. and and I'm in the same situation because I'm not paying that much money for MLB TV I mean MLB TV is a crazy amount of money I mean it is but it isn't but I mean for me if I can do the other thing then I'm just gonna do the other thing I mean you know it you know it, it might take a little bit longer but I mean, it'll be fine for me, but Whatever FBI
2: works. is about to burst through your door. No,
0: no, they're not. No, they can. But no, I'm not. I mean, I don't know. They might. FBI, if you're watching, hello. Uh, how's it going? Um, but yeah, no. So, I mean, that's crazy. That's actually like a really, really funny. So, in, in a way, did that help influence your decision to go to UT?
1: That's, I was thinking about that the other day. And I think it had something to do with it. I think both the rays and the lightning just, knowing that they were both options and I liked both teams and it was something in the area that I could get behind and actually enjoy Mm -hmm. compared to the other two schools I was looking at in Connecticut and New York and it was upstate New York it just there wasn't as much of that excitement I think like I think I only had like a week left before decision day to figure it all out but I think in the back of my mind I was like well if you don't go if you go to UT you can see the race if you don't (laughs) so I think that was you know that kind of added to it
0: well, that, well, that's pretty cool. That's that's definitely cool. I found out that you're involved in minor league baseball to some capacity with the former former Lakewood Blue Claws, now Jersey Shore Blue Claws, affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies, for those that don't know. But was, was that a place that you had gone to a lot, and then you got to know the people there, and then that's how you kind of got involved in everything?
1: Yeah, so I'm about, like, 20, 25 minutes away from the stadium. Okay. And my grammar school kind of had this, like, first energy – stadium has these connections with the local schools just like where it's discounted tickets for the students and teachers you know if there's like a little choir then they'll have the school choir coming to the national anthem it's just a lot of cute stuff like that so my school got involved with that and that's kind of how we figured out that the team was right there fun fact when i was maybe eight years old i sang with my choir the star spangled banner oh turns cool. out ray's legend travis darno was on the team at the time he Wasn't heard
2: your out. angelic voice
1: Yeah. (laughs) Looking back, I was like, wow, I sang the national anthem in front of one of my favorite players. That's crazy. I think maybe Jay I have might've been on the team at the time too. I don't remember. Somebody else, but John the one that sticks out. So it was just kind of like a consistent like, oh, they're over there. They're near here. We'll go and we just want to have fun. And our, the school had this connection through high school. I didn't go as much, but my mom works my old grammar school. So we would still kind of go when I got more into baseball and that kind of stuff. So this all happened towards the end of my senior year. My mom knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. It was like, yeah, we can give you a job here if you want to work here over the summer. So then I just went in for an interview, found out later she was going to give me the job anyway. She just wanted to make sure I was normal.
0: So you told me that you're involved in production with them. So what was your involvement like not only in 2019, but also what happened with this season?
1: Yeah, so 2019, I kind of came in in the middle of the season. I didn't start working with them until June. Mm-hmm. Um but we would kind of just sit in this little production box. There were like nine or 10 of us in there. We would sit all the way up behind home plate and it would be the PA and it would be like the production boss, the production assistant, the music, the replays, the scoreboard, and just all sorts of different jobs were in there. Um, So I primarily worked three jobs when I was in there. It would rotate every single time that I was on call for a homestand. There was either the big screen, the music, or the replays. Mm -hmm. The big screen was my favorite. You kind of just sit there, and then when my boss says, hey, hit this thing, I'll put up an advertisement, or I'll play a video, or I'll do something. For a long time, that was the most stressful position, just because I had to keep remembering to turn it off every time a player would come up. It would be all the music between innings, and then every player's song. Oh, that's
2: awesome. I would love I to, to, to do walk-up songs. For I'd
1: go, <laughs> yeah, I had to kind of go through this playlist. Usually they had it, set, it up, like, set up for me, so I didn't have to kind of go through and be like, okay, who's doing this? But there were some days that they would substitute players in and out, and I'd have to be like, okay, where is their song? Who are they? <laughs> um, so for a while, yeah. I was also playing all the little chants that you hear, like all the organ noises. Oh, that's cool. The, just the little cheaper. It's pretty fun when, uh, like, we had maybe 8,000 people at a game once, and it was, I don't know why, but it was just so cool when everybody started clapping along to whatever song I was playing. I was like, they're listening to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Replays, I would just sit there at a, I couldn't even, like see the game down on the field which this was the most boring position in my opinion i would just sit there hit play hit stop every single time that there was a pitch or a play and i would either immediately delete the footage if it was just a strike or i would record what happened i'd have to know all the numbers for all the positions and just remember what happened i would eventually put one of the replays up on the board depending on what happened but it was mostly just recording them so that scout report like the scouters could just come in and see oh how's Ben Pelletier doing? Can we look and see what his stats are? Mm -hmm. You know, and then as the season went on, I finally got to use some of the cameras. So we have four cameras, two on the field, one in the outfield, and then one right behind home plate. And during the season, I was only on the home plate camera. So I was doing the angle that you see most of the time. It was just a stationary camera. I would just stand outside and make sure I didn't get hit with foul balls. So We didn't have a season, and because New Jersey restrictions have been a lot harder than in places like Florida, there wasn't a whole lot to do, but eventually, as the summer went on, they were like, hey, we're actually going to hold some events, and we want some camera people to come in and just record what's going on. So I finally got to use one of the cameras that they usually use on the field, and I just walked around filming the people who came in. It was an Irish night, so I ended up filming on these bagpipers and all these bands and stuff. So I got that experience, but it wasn't much experience like with any players or anything but I'm hoping that next season assuming they asked me to come back that I'll get more into working on the field and just a little bit more in depth because that first summer was is kind of my introduction to what was going on
0: that's really cool though that's really cool that you got the experience that you did what are
2: some what are some chances there did they go like uh claws up or like uh <laughs> yeah. pin- pinch them pinch them <laughs>
1: Claws up is the big one. I remember there was one game. The blue claws were not very good.
2: Wait, claws up is the real. Oh my god, that's awesome! The real one. We have
1: have an animation of these claws coming out of the sand.
2: Um, I would just love to do that. I gotta go to one of these games now.
0: So, uh, just a couple quick hitters before we uh, before we wrap this up. Race twitter you got involved in Race twitter obviously I, I would say you're pretty pretty important pretty big part of Race twitter uh quickly how did that get started for you was that kind of something that just naturally developed into what it is now and how much you know like like did you think that you would have gotten you know like like you would be you know as i guess as integral of a part that um of it as you currently are
1: definitely i didn't think i was going to be this involved with it it's the only reason i really still have twitter anymore just because it gets so political and negative on there that i wanted to delete it a few times Mm -hmm. but i'm so involved with the raised twitter side of it that i'm like i can't leave now um i just remember i was sitting at lunch with my friend and i got a notification that this account that i've been following for a while just kind of talking back and forth baseball with nothing crazy had added me to a group chat and i was like the hell is this but i was like but they all were pretty funny they they didn't really say like, no, get her out of here. We don't want her here. They were all just really nice about us. So I was like, I'll stick around. I'm actually the person who put me in there, I think like deactivated their Twitter account. And I've just kind of been in there ever since. Um, so I've been part of this group chat, The Stable, for a long, long time now. And I'm just kind of, I've been like adopted as one of the bros almost. Like I've made some friends in there. One of them came, and, like, he works for the Rays, and he gave me, like, Rays merchandise that I couldn't go and get myself, like, and they've always said, like, oh, if you need somebody to do this, like, we're, like, they just, they just are a good group of guys to talk baseball with and to just have fun with, and then recently I got added to another group chat, which is kind of how I ended up here, so a little shout out to the fans it's uh it's an all-girls group chat for the Rays, and it's just, again, it's that same kind of good support group of just more people who are fans, because I can talk to my friends about the Rays in baseball, but they only know things because I tell them things. They can't have like, a solid conversation about it with me, um, but like, everybody just is there to have fun. It's not like, I don't know, everyone likes talking baseball, and they are all really big baseball fans, but they're all just very supportive of each other and just it's a very friendly group of people like it kind of reminds me of like being at fan fest everybody was just happy to see this team happy to be there happy to root for them because yeah we could all be rooting for the big league team that is almost guaranteed to win but we're rooting for this smaller market team that's just a little bit more tightly knit so i feel like i'm just kind of tightly knit with most of the raised baseball people on twitter and it's just, it- just kind of cool I
0: that is 100% true. We definitely feel that same thing, and we felt that since we started this. Uh, favorite player on the Rays?
1: Tyler Glasnow.
0: Sex God. Oh, Brass- my God. love that Sex man. Sex God. Well, come on, Gibby. I mean, it's true, but, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I respect that. I respect Mike that.
1: Mike Brass-
0: Okay, okay. okay. I'm so kind of we- zany today. No, no, A Gibby. A zany. You're good. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gibby, who's your, is, is, is Glasnow <laughs> your favorite right now? Who's my
2: favorite dude? I came in.
0: I mean, I mean, mine's Brandon Lau, so, so without a doubt. As you can see so by right. all the Maryland stuff that I'm wearing, it kind of makes sense.
1: I,
2: I do I do like myself some Brandon Lau. I would say – I'd say it's glass now right now. Okay.
0: I, I, respect, I respect that. I, I'll, yeah. I'll continue to be part of the Brandon Lau fan club. I'll just be, like, the president of it. <laughs> I do
1: like Brandon Lau. He's, he's great. He's so good.
0: Um, And then as a final thing, so obviously this year was crazy. It was wild. It was, I think, unlike anything that we had ever imagined with this team, and it was the best team. You know, it was the best season that this – that, that this franchise has ever had, but going into next year, what are you expecting for this team? Um, you know, is it going to be a deep playoff run again? you uh, something of the sort or will things kind of change and what moves do you think, or like, like, how do you think the off is going to go and then leading up into the season? And then what do you think is going to happen 2021? Uh, You know, just assuming that it's going to be a normal 162. or actually we can't assume that anymore because things change, but regardless, what do you think is going to happen with this team in 2021?
1: I think that anything is bound to happen. I just feel like because this build up the last couple of years, they've been getting into the playoffs. They were just in the world series and it was you know it they didn't go down without a fight they were putting up a fight all the way to game six I'm my hopes are that they're not going to concede and just say okay this is it like we got there great achievement we'll be back here in another another six seven years I think that like I'm hoping that they'll just bring that energy from last season into this season and just be prepared and want to win you know I think if they make the right moves with certain players certain catchers obviously losing Morton is a hit and you know a few other players too. It's just like there are a couple times where I mean it was like oh, they're just giving up, but I mean I don't think they actually are. I'm really hopeful that they will get another big playoff run, if not to the World Series again, because it's just after this season they're just bound to get there at some point. They just they were doing so many things right last season that if they can just pick up the offense and just keep pushing forward with that, I think that it will be like they'll have just a really great shot of having a similar if not better season you know I'm just I'm hopeful that they keep that energy keep that spirit and just improve in the little bits and pieces here like I said especially offense find a catcher just get a few more things solidified and then just plow through have that same energy keep up their hard work and just you know do the best that they can to get back to where they are sorry, back to where they were this year.
0: All right. Well, um, first off, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I know that we got a little bit wonky with the time schedule, but we were able to find a time and a place to get you on here. So first off, we really, really appreciate that. And we hope all the viewers, um, you know, have appreciated listening to you. Where can people find you on social media to get your hottest raise takes and all of the like?
1: I talk mostly about the raise on Twitter Uh, Taylor Landau is my at. I'm sure you guys are going to put something on Twitter about it. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Well yeah, we'll we'll make sure to tag you and get all that good stuff in there. <laughs>
1: same thing, it's the same handle for Instagram. There's just a period between my first and last name. I don't talk as much about the Rays, but you'll find some pictures of me at the games and I usually put things on my story about the Rays if anyone wants to check me out there too.
0: All right. Well, Taylor, again, thank you so much for t- um for coming on, talking to us, talking about the Rays. This was a lot of fun. I'm sure you yeah, probably had a lot of fun too. Um, absolutely. and, and uh, you know, best of luck with you best of luck at UT thank god you're at you're at you're at the right ut instead of ut you know texas because i you know oh i have my things with texas football because maryland beat them two years in a row so that's fun it's always just plugged in their faces but best of luck at ut best of luck with the blue claws hopefully all things work out great there and, and for everyone listening, thanks so much uh, for listening to this episode. Again, you know, we're doing these things a little bit longer because y'all got nothing going on in the offseason. Neither do we. So we're trying to make this more fun for you. We're on Twitter, Raise the Roof Pod. You can find us there. Join the Discord server. We have our own little spot in the Discord server now if you want to join in there. We also post on the Reddit. So if you don't follow the Reddit, r slash Tampa Bay Rays, follow the Reddit too. And yeah, um, from all of us, stay safe, stay healthy. Please wear a mask and raise up. Raise up, baby. Raise up.